All right. Welcome to the Beyond the Lines podcast. Today we're going to be talking about the NBA trade rumors. Yes, everyone's favorite time of year, the NBA offseason. Uh, it's looking a little different this year because we are now in November um, rather than being in June or July. Um, but that's besides the point because we're still dealing with an offseason, though it is shortened. That could end up making it even more exciting because there's a, there's a shorter deadline for a lot of these teams. Um, so we're going to jump right into it. Uh, first topic I want to talk about is Drew Holiday. So reports coming out, a lot of places Drew Holiday could end up. Um, the Sixers, I think, are going to be interested. Um, I mean, a lot of every team's every team competing is essentially going to be interested in Drew Holiday because he's he's a proven vet. Um, he could basically do it all, and um, and obviously that's a valuable asset for any uh, contending team because the Pelicans, while they are contending, it'd be more or less contending for the seven or eight seed. Um, I don't think most people see them contending for championship just yet. Um, so that's why they could they could dump off uh, a guy like Drew Holiday, who's who's entering. Um, well, I guess he's in the prime technically, but he's exiting his prime in the next year. So they might want to look to move him for some future younger assets, as far as like draft capital goes, or even or even just younger players that can develop. Um, so the Celtics apparently are interested in Drew Holiday, um, and and that in itself is an interesting fit because you have a guy like Jason Tatum, you have Kemba Walker. Jalen Brown, so if you, I mean, you mix in Drew Holiday there, it's got to be uh, Drew and Kemba at the one and two, then you toss Jalen Brown at the three and, and Tatum at the four, I mean, that's, if you ask me, that's that's the best team in the East right there, I don't know how anyone can compete with that in the East, I don't think the Bucks, even with Giannis and Middleton, I don't think that even comes close, um, unless the Bucks pull something off this offseason and add like a third star around them, but even then, I, I just don't understand how a team can compete with that, because you know, the one thing you, you rip the uh, the Celtics for is, is their defense. You know, they have guys like Marcus Smart and Jalen Brown. But then you have a guy like Kevin Walker at your one. Jason Tatum has been iffy. Um, but you plug in Drew Holiday in your starting lineup, and now you're one of the best defensive teams in the East. You know, Drew Holiday and Jalen Brown in the starting lineup, and then you toss Marcus Smart off the bench. Like, the guards are going to have – the guards that play the Celtics are going to have a lot of trouble – um, with Drew Holiday and Jalen Brown and then Marcus Smart, it's 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 a scary team because at the same time, you know, Drew Holiday um, and Kemba Walker play off, play off each other pretty nice at the one and two because they're both players that are that are somewhat ball dominant, but they're also players that can play off ball, create their own shots. You know, they can shoot off the pass, they can they can cut, they can move around, um, and 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 that as a one and two combo, if you ask me, is pretty scary. Um, I'm assuming. Uh, Gordon Hayward would no longer be a part of the team. I'm pretty sure he's. There's been rumors that he's. Uh, he's not even accepting his option. So um, that is pretty interesting. Um, th- but the rumor that came out is the Celtics have offered up their first three. Their, f- sorry, their th- three first round picks numbers. They have 14, 26, and 30 in trades to try and move into the lottery. But multiple league sources say they intend to reroute that pick to the Pelicans in exchange for Drew Holiday. So. If you're the Celtics, this is a no-brainer. You don't need draft capital right now. You are competing. You just were in the West, the Eastern Conference Finals, excuse me, and you lost to the Heat, who ended up losing to the Lakers. Um, this is a no-brainer. You need to compete now. The number 14 pick is not getting you anything at the moment that's going to help you compete. Um, personally, in that area, I love Aaron Nesmith out of Vanderbilt. I think he is the most underrated player in this draft far and away. Um, but if you plug him into the Celtics right now, what's he going to do for you? You know, he's he's a guy who can shoot off the shoot shoot the lights off, but that's about all he can do. And you know, there's obviously room for improvement there. 
but you don't have the time for that. You know, the players are still young. Yes, Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, Marcus Smart, but a guy like Kemba Walker is coming up on his 30s, um, and and you want to win now because that the kind a player like him, you know, a quick quick guy, you know, he's got the acceleration that deteriorates very quickly, um, as we all know. So, I think you want to move up into a more into a position where you can compete and uh, make the finals, and then you know give whatever team out of the West a run for their money. And I think Drew Holiday does that perfectly. You know, he's a proven proven leader. You know, uh, you never see Drew Holiday in the media complaining. You never see any bad news about Drew Holiday. It's always good. You know, the players he plays with love him. Um, he's just he's just what you want on a championship team. He is he is a championship. He's a championship-minded player, you know? He always is competing. He always wants to win, you know? And that's what he's been doing for his whole career, and I think that's what Danny Ainge is looking for. Um, he's a smart he's a smart, smart GM, and he knows that these these three first-round picks don't do much for him uh, in the short term, and that's what they're looking for. They're looking for the short-term solution. So, And then if you're the Pelicans, this is, this is honestly a no-brainer. This is a no-brainer. This draft class isn't top-heavy, you know? But it has a lot of solid talent through the whole first round. You can pick up some really good players at any point in this first round. You know, guys that you can really develop and to be uh, even like stars in the NBA. Um, so I think three first-round picks, you know, if you can get the three for Drew Holiday, I think that's a no-brainer. Um, but obviously they're going to field a lot of offers for Drew Holiday because a lot of teams are going to want him. And, and there's going to be a lot of uh, offers out there. But think three first-round picks if that's what you're going to get in one draft, you know. That seems pretty nice to me, if you ask me. Um, I think uh, I think both teams say yes, and I think this helps out both teams a lot, you know. And they're sending Drew Holiday to an Eastern Conference team, which you know, he may not be, you know, that 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 piece that moves a team from not being a championship contender to a championship contender. But in the off chance that he is, the last thing you want to do is send him to the West or keep him in the West and have him be the reason you guys didn't make the playoffs when you when you're trying to, you know. You still want to be competitive and you want to and I think you want to get a guy like him out of your conference because he can be a problem. Um so staying in the West, we're going to we're going to be talking about LaMarcus Aldridge. So it's interesting what's uh, happening with LaMarcus Aldridge. Apparently, the Warriors are considering trading for him. Now, on paper, this makes the utmost sense. LaMarcus Aldridge is a Four or five, I'd say he's leaning towards a uh, a power forward over a uh, center, and he could shoot. Uh, you know, he he knows how to score. That's what he's been doing his whole career since Portland into into the Spurs. Um, but this is what I don't understand: is that the rumors coming out that they want to trade possibly the number two overall pick in this draft for Lamarcus Aldridge. Um, and to me, that's foolish. You know, if you're the Spurs, you they offer, they offer you that, you say yes, and you hang up the phone, and you start cheering. Because Marcus Aldridge is 35 years old. Um, he's doing nothing for the Spurs. He hasn't been doing much for the Spurs. You know, he's scoring, but, you know, they're not... They didn't make the playoffs this year for the first time in, what, like 20, 22 years? Um, he's not a championship... Uh, he's not, like, the number one option on the team, you know? Not anymore, at least. He's 35 years old. Um, and maybe that's why the Warriors want him, because... They don't want him to be the guy that comes out there and he scores 25 a game. You know, they want him to go in there and score 15 to 20 efficiently um, and provide them a spark. But at the same time, it's like, do you really want to give up your number two overall pick? I mean, I, I get that they're trying to win now. They don't think anyone at that position in the draft will help them win now. But I I have to imagine that there's some better offers out there than the Marcus Aldridge, just given the age alone, you know? You're giving you're giving up a guy, a 19 to 20 year old, who you could have for 10 to 15 years, 
for a guy you're probably going to have for two years. And and you don't even know how he's going to regress because, you know, players, once they hit that, that 35 mark, you know, once they start getting to that age, it, it's it's a toss-up, you know. They could really regress. And and the last thing the Warriors want to do is, is trade that valuable pick for a guy who's not even going to help them in the long run. And I don't think Bob Myers is, is going to pull the trigger on this one. You know, it's a rumor after all. Um, but I, I just don't see this being a legitimate, like, trade that the uh, the Warriors would ever do. Spurs is a no-brainer. I mean, you're getting rid of a guy who you're trying to get rid of, him and DeMar DeRozan, who, quite frankly, have not worked out, um, unfortunately. You know, they thought, you know, going into it on paper, DeMar, DeMar DeRozan and uh, Marcus Aldridge, it made sense. Um, they're both guys that kind of fit what Pop does, you know. They're not guys that want to be stars. They just want to win, and they'll put in the work. But it just didn't work out, you know, in their favor. And, and that's all right. And they're trying to move them, and and this is a no no brainer. You get the number two overall pick in the draft, it's a no brainer. Um, but I just don't know how the Warriors can pull this off. Um, I don't think it'll work out, especially when you got guys like uh, Eric Pascal of Villanova and then uh, Draymond, who had an, had a down season, but in all fairness, he didn't have much to work with. He was playing with a lot of young guys. Stephen Clay weren't playing, so. It's understandable, but um, yeah, I mean, I, I guess in this theory, in this situation, Marcus Aldridge runs a five, which is which is fine. He's six eleven. He's damn near seven foot, but um, I don't think he can guard the five that well at thirty five years old. You know, I don't think he's ever been, or the past couple of years, I don't think he's been that great defensively. You know, I haven't watched much of Marcus Aldridge, but the older you get, the harder it is to defend. That's just a fact. The older you get, um, typically in the NBA, the older players usually that weren't shooters when they were younger tend to turn into shooters because that's something that they can do efficiently still. So, you know, he could do that for you definitely, but defensively, I think he's a liability and I don't think it makes sense. Um, so now we move on to another older player who has drawn a lot of interest from a lot of teams. And that is Chris Paul. Um, and the rumors here are that Chris Paul is interested in joining the Suns. So the Suns obviously went what eight no in the bubble. They somehow missed the playoffs. Still Devin Booker played insane. Um, there was a lot of a, uh, a lot of like bright spots come out of that. You know, they didn't even have Kelly Oubre, who's been a, a young, a young uh, bright spot for them, who they got in a trade for like, what was it Trevor Ariza or something? Like they, this, this, the Wizards basically gave away Kelly Oubre, which was foolish. But he wasn't even with them, and they still managed to go eight zero. So you plug him in there, and you know that team has a bright future. You know, going into the bubble, there was a lot of concern around Devin Booker and where he would end up, because it was essentially guaranteed that he was going to request a trade in the offseason going into the bubble. Um, and then they couldn't ha- ask for a better situation in the bubble going 8-0. Um, you know, guys like Aiton, Bridges, um, yeah, playing well. They have Cam Johnson. They have a, y- a nice young core around Devin Booker. And that was the one concern going into the bubble is that Devin Booker wanted to win and that the Suns just weren't helping him win. But, you know, 8-0, it looks good. It's hard to imagine him requesting a trade after that. You know, seeing that, saying, okay, this is what our potential is. Um, I was obviously not 82-0, and 0, but, you know, we definitely have the potential to make the playoffs in the long run. Um, we're just kind of missing that, you know, that's that piece. You know, there's just that, there's always that piece on a championship team that you're like, or a playoff team in this case, that you're like, this is what we need. You know, maybe you don't know exactly what it is, but once it's there, you'll, you'll know. And that's Chris Paul. It makes perfect sense, you know. Ricky Rubio has been fine. You're paying him, what, 17 mil? I'm not 100% sure on a contract. And he's been fine, you know. He's a guy who can facilitate the ball and play pretty good defense. Can't really shoot that well, though. Um, and he hasn't, 
I mean, he hasn't done much in his career, if we're being honest. But you, you plug in a guy like Chris Paul, um, and the report says that I think it's over 50-50. I think it's momentum towards it. I think Chris Paul is interested in being a Phoenix Sun, and this is not a minor statement. Okay, so there's some there's some interest here, and, and let's think about it. Obviously, Chris Paul runs a one. Devin Booker runs a two. Um, Uber at the three. I think they have Sarge and Aiden, and then you got Bridges off the bench. Um, so, I mean, that as a six, as a, like a six-man rotation is, is certainly good enough to make the playoffs in the West. Um, you think about, you know, guys like, I mean, Cameron Payne played all right. Cam Johnson's on the team. Aaron Baines, if he remains there, turned into a really good three-point shooter. Um, they got some nice young talent, Ty Jerome, Eli Okobo, um, and then they're, they're going to have some draft picks this year. So, uh, Chris Paul on that team, I think it makes perfect sense. You know, these are all young guys. There isn't a single vet there, um, unless you consider Ricky Rubio, but I'm not sure. Um, I'm pretty sure Ricky Rubio would be, have to be a part of the trade. And I'm not sure what the trade package would look like, if I'm being honest. I don't think it'll include Devin Booker. It won't, it will, it won't include Devin Booker. It won't include, include DeAndre Aiden. So let's just assume those are the only two on the team. As a three, let's just say Chris Paul, Devin Booker, DeAndre Aiden. As a three, certainly good enough to make the playoffs in the West. Um, you know, you, you look at a team like the Portland Trailblazers who basically are just Dame and CJ. And let's be honest, it's, it's essentially C, it's essentially Dame. Um, no disrespect to CJ, um, but Dame is just on another level. I think that a team of CP3, Devin Booker and Aiden makes it over a team like that. And even like the Grizzlies who are competing, I think that, that this Suns team would be exponentially better. Um, and as a fit next to Devin Booker, Chris Paul makes perfect sense. You know, he is older, but I mean, he proved to us that the age doesn't, doesn't play a huge factor. As this past year, you know, him and Shea Gill just were able to play together extremely well. Shea Gill just had a breakout year, um, and they were, they shocked, they shocked the NBA, quite frankly. Um, everyone wrote that team off. Everyone wrote uh, Chris Paul off when he left the Rockets. They said his career is over. There's nothing he can do about it. But obviously, he proved this wrong. And, you know, me being one of those people, you know, I said, okay, well, that's it. Chris Paul, he had a good run, but there's nothing he can do on that Thunder team. And he proved everyone wrong. Um and I don't think anyone's going to doubt him if he goes to the Suns now. You know, after seeing what he did, seeing the way he led, um, seeing how competitive he was, I don't think you can question um, where he's at right now. And Devin Booker, one of the the best young scorers in the NBA, obviously. He's dropped 70 points. Um, in, the, in the bubble, he went, absolutely, he went off, hit that game winner, laying down on the ground. You know, he is a future... I mean, he's... I would, I would go as far as to say he's... I don't want to say he's a superstar yet. Definitely, obviously an all-star. But, I mean, in a year or two, maybe even this year right now, he'll be a superstar. Like, I, I think Devin Booker is going to be a top five, maybe top three player in the NBA. Um, and then you put a guy like Chris Paul who can, you know, mentor Devin Booker. And the one thing that he's kind of lacking, in, and that's defense, you know. Uh, Chris Paul has been an all-NBA defender. He's been one of the best defensive point guards. One of the best point guards of all time, but one of the best defensive-minded point guards. Um and, you know, people people take for granted the mentorship that he can provide, um, especially on the defensive end, because we know Devin Booker can score. Um, he can do it with the best of them. But the one thing he's always been lacking in is defense. So Chris Paul obviously can help him with that. You know, there's a lot of ways he can help that team. It's just a leader in general, because that's kind of what they're looking for. That Devin Booker can score and he can, and he can lead, but, you know, he's still young and he hasn't been in these in these bright lights, he hasn't been in these situations where um, you're going to need that experience. And that's exactly what Chris Ball has. I think he can take them to the playoffs um, with Devin Booker leading them in scoring. And I think they can make a serious like run for the money um, with Chris Ball. Like, I'm, I'm serious. I think Devin Booker can take that next step. Um, obviously, averaging like 27 this year, 27 and 7. Um, 
is insane at, at his age and what he hasn't even hasn't even uh, like proven yet. You know, I think there's still more to Devin Booker. I think he hasn't even like reached. I don't think he's reached anywhere near his peak. I think he can be a 30 plus per game scorer with ease. And um, this could be the year that he does that. And obviously DeAndre Aiden, you know, people coming out of the draft thought he was kind of soft. They questioned the number one overall pick of DeAndre Aiden. And, and, you know, he's, he's kind of proved the doubters wrong. He had a really good year, 18 to 12. Um, He's going to, he's going to take another step as well. You know, the, the only way he can go is up. I don't see him regressing. So, you know, that, that three in itself, I think is, is, 100% 100% good enough to make the playoffs. And assuming you'd get rid of Rubio, you might have to toss a guy like Cameron Johnson or Mikhail Bridges in that trade, which you don't want to do. Um, you want to get away with with giving away draft assets if you can um, and keeping those guys. But, you know, Chris Paul, I don't think you can write him off anymore. The contract is massive, but I don't think if you're James Jones, I don't think you're worried about that contract. I think you see a guy like Devin Booker, a once-in-a-generational score, right, maybe not a once in a generation, but you know, one of potentially one of the best scorers in the NBA in a few years. And you say, there's no way I can let this guy go. Right. Like there's no way I can, I can fail this guy. Um, it's the same thing with the Bucks and Giannis. It's like, we need to, we need to put a team around this guy because he doesn't want to leave, but we're essentially giving him the choice by not putting a team around him. So it's on us to keep Devin Booker. He doesn't want to leave. Um, but if he has to, he will, because at the end of the day, he's a guy who wants to win. He doesn't care about the money. He doesn't care about the stats. He wants to put a ring on the finger. And that's our goal is to at least show him that that's what we're trying to do. You know, we can't be like, you know, we're just trying to get these draft picks. We're just trying to build a young team. We're tanking. We have to show him that we care about winning and that we care about keeping him. So that's what you do when you trade for Chris Paul. You know, you show Devin Booker that you really are serious about winning and that you want him to stay and that he's valued part of your organization and that you're willing to prove that by putting your money where your mouth is and, and swallowing that huge Chris Paul contract. Um, so yeah, Devin Booker on uh, Devin Booker and CP three on the Suns. I don't know. I don't know how that could, uh, how, how that could go wrong, you know? And then the last thing I want to talk about as we make it short and sweet is the Philadelphia 76ers. And Oh my God, the Philadelphia 76ers have done a ton already this off season. As far as staff changes go, Doc Rivers comes in Daryl Morey comes in, assistants come in, um, Sam Costello, I think, was one of them, Jameer Nelson, I think, is uh, is a part of their G League team now, uh, as, like, a assistant GM or something like that, or player development, I'm not 100% sure, um, it's been a crazy offseason as far as the uh, the front office goes and the management, and now it's time to they shift the focus on the, the player roster, so, right now, you're running Ben Simmons at the one, Josh Richardson as a two, um, Tobias Harris at the three, Al Horford at the four, Joel Embiid at the five, um, and then you're probably your best bench player is, if I'm not, I'm, I'm, I'm uh, is, is Matisse Seibel. Um, that is their best bench player at the moment. I mean, Alec Burks played fine, but Matisse Seibel is their best bench player. You know, they didn't really utilize him that much in this, this past season, which was a shame, but he showed a lot of bright spots, especially as one of the best young, young defensive players. Um, and if they develop him right, he could definitely become a really good scorer for them. A nice two-way player. Um, an Avery Bradley type player, maybe a little bit better than Avery Bradley, but that's like the, the mold I would see him at. Um, so what do you do with this team? You know, you don't have much scoring. Well, okay. You have scoring. You don't have much shooting, really any shooting at all. You know, none of the guys in that team, you look at him and you say, you know, he's going to sit on a three point line and just make it like, like it's nothing. You're never going to look at a guy on the Sixers right now and say that. Um, Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons are on a team. A lot of people have questioned if they should trade one of them. I don't think Doc Rivers does that this offseason. I think it'd be foolish of him to say, I have these two all-star, young all-star players. Let's get rid of one of them. I don't think he's going to do that. 
Um, I don't think that even makes sense. I think it, you give him a chance to, to work with what he's got. To an extent, I think there is some players you can move to add pieces, but I don't think those are two guys you move at all. Um, Al Horford's a guy you want to get rid of um, if you get the right opportunity, but I don't think you're dying to. You know, he had a bad season. The contract's big, but when you look at it, like look at it from afar, he's not a bad player. All right, he he's still a veteran that knows that knows uh, how to score, and and he's won. You know, he hasn't won the championship, but he's won. He's been in. He's been in on the bright. He's on a big. He's been on the big stage. You know, with the Celtics and. And even the Hawks, he's won. Um, I think they were what the number one team in the East, and they got like swept by the Cavs in the second round or something, or the or the conference finals. Either way, he he's a guy who you're not dying to trade. You know, if you can maybe get someone like Buddy Heald, but even then, I'll, I'm almost remiss to trade for Buddy Heald because he is 27, I think 28. Um, he was like a four-year player at Oklahoma, so he was old coming into the draft. He's still relatively young as far as NBA years go, but he's an older player. Um, and if the Kings, you know, pick Bogdan Bogdanovich, no, yeah, Bogdan Bogdanovich over him and, and put him on a bench, you know, as a, as the Kings organization, you have to question why they would do something like that. You know, obviously it's the Kings and the kids are going to King, but like, is he really like the guy you want to be on your team? You know, he's still making like 24 million, so you're still paying a pretty penny for him. And is he even going to work out? You know, he's an efficient three-point scorer, sure, but what else is he going to do for you? So... Al Horford can definitely uh, play well still, and I think Doc Rivers is gonna is gonna know how to utilize him. I think a lot of people uh, overlook Brett Brown's coaching skills, and they and they and they uh, and they value the players based off what he did with them. You know, Tobias Harris and Al Horford being the two ones that stand out. But you look at Tobias Harris; he had his best career, best best year on the Clippers with Doc Rivers as coach. So, I mean, I think Doc Rivers has a knack for, for getting the best out of players. Um, and I think he's going to want to use what the roster he has now and try to get the best out of his guys. So you could trade or you could sign for some of these vets or some of these guys who are going to come and be able to score for you and, and just be nice bench assets or even starters. But I don't think you trade any of the big names. If you get the right offer for Al Horford, I think you pull the trigger. If you get, get a guy like Kevin Love, I think you pull the trigger. Um, but I don't think you're dying or rushing to trade off that contract just yet because I think you can still unlock a lot of potential there, um, and I think Doc Rivers knows that, and he's not dying to get rid of any of these guys because at the end of the day, he's a winning coach. He's a player's coach, and he knows um, he knows what he's doing at the end of the day. You know, um, Ben Simmons is a, is, a, is a guy that can slide to the three if they, if they get a point guard, but at the end of the day, I think he's fine running him with the point guard. He won a championship with a point guard like Rajon Rondo, who was a guy who literally just couldn't shoot. Ben Simmons doesn't shoot. Rondo couldn't shoot. Um, and, and Doc Rivers turned that into a championship team, obviously with Paul Pierce and, and Kevin Garnett. But still, he was using that point guard, that young point guard who couldn't shoot. That's exactly what Ben Simmons essentially is. He's a, he's a point guard slash small forward that just, that just can't shoot. Um, so I think Doc Rivers knows how to utilize his players, and he knows where to put them. Um, and he's been unlucky in his career, let's be honest. You know, The, the 3-1 lead last year, that was unlucky, you know. I don't think that was necessarily on him. You watched that that last game there. It just looked like the players gave up. You know, Paul George didn't play well at all. I don't think that's a knack on, on Doc Rivers whatsoever. Um, there was there was not much he could do there. Obviously, he should take some blame, but I don't think I don't think it's all on him. And I think a change of scenery is uh, is nice. It's going to be nice for him. You know, put him in Eastern Conference again, where he won a championship. This roster here, um, right now, I don't think it it, it's, it might not be good enough to win a championship. 
it really depends if they stay healthy and if they play to the best ability. You know, definitely, certainly has a chance to make the championship. I'm not sure if it's good enough to win. Um, but Ben Simmons, Josh Richardson, Tobias Harris, Al Horford, Joel Embiid, you know, that's that's a championship. You know, that's a team that can get you to the championship. And then at that point, it's just a toss-up, you know. So I don't think Doc Rivers wants to rush to, to move any of these players. Like I said, a lot of these rumors are being blown up out of proportion. A lot of the Sixers fans want to see these guys go. Um, but I, I think you you don't want to rush into something like this because you could really make a mistake getting rid of a guy like Al Horford because, you know, just a year ago we saw how, how effective he could be or even like two years ago, he's still an effective player. Um, he's the kind of guy who doesn't, um, I wouldn't say he doesn't age, but he's kind of timeless in the NBA. You know, he's a guy who, who knows who knows how to defend. Uh, he can score um, and he's a veteran le- leader that, that most teams would be lucky to have. So I don't think the, I don't think the Sixers should rush to get rid of him. And, and I don't think you can get rid of Tobias Harris with the contract he has, you know, max contract for a player who at his best is, you know, 22 per point per game score. You know, he's never going to be like 27, 28, 30. He's never going to be that. Um, so I don't think you can, I don't think you can even get rid of that contract. Cause I think most teams don't value him at that, that level. So that's what I got for you guys today. I hope you enjoyed this. You know, I'm going to be doing a lot more of these, hopefully if, if this goes well, um, and then, you know, obviously, as the trade, uh, as the free agency starts, we'll, we'll start talking about some of the moves that happened there uh, and, and maybe giving some grades as well. So hopefully you guys enjoyed and, you know, hopefully you have a great day. See ya.